Mm. Hey, hey. Go ahead, Vanessa. You know how to hey. rap? Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> I will not be rapping. <laughs> well, only in my car. All the guests get the groove on with the opening music. That's nice. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. I'm Keith Battle, and I have some special guests with me today. Minister Vanessa Jones from Zion Church Woodbridge is with us, and Hello. Jeanette Ballard Hello. is also our special guest. And we've got a topic that I'm really excited about that I pray to will bless you. And I also, I, I also hope that you will share this with somebody because I'm sure there's somebody in your life who can really relate to this. And what we're going to be talking about today is caregiving. Caretaking. Which is caretaking. Which one is it? Caregiving, caretaking, they all mean the same. Caregiving, caretaking, all mean the same. Yeah, I think okay. it's caretaking. Usually people that are not caretakers call it caregiving. Oh, okay, because they I think it's so... You're taking care of somebody, mm -hmm. and you're giving care to somebody. Yes. So, in y'all's world, uh -oh. uh, in fact, Jeanette's phone is ringing now. That means somebody's <laughs> taking care of something. Somebody you're supposed to be taking care of is probably calling you now. <laughs> but here's what we know whether you call it caregiving or caretaking, mm -hmm. it is something that at some point everybody will have to do. Yes, exactly. And you need to listen to this because. Um, there is a point in time where your parents will get older or somebody in your life will need care. Somebody will become disabled or ill or bedridden mm -hmm. and it's going to become your lot to provide support for them. Yeah, life and changes. Yeah, your life changes in serving these people. And so I think it's important to talk about this subject and you, the two of you do it. The two of you do it professionally or not personally. You do it all the time. Mm -hmm, so right. I want to be um, sensitive to the fact that there are people listening who are doing it. Mm -hmm. There are people listening who need to be prepared because it's coming. And I just want to hear you all's experience and your story. So let's start with that. Let's start with you, Jeanette. Uh, right close into that mic. Tell us your story, your journey as it relates to this whole subject of caretaking, caregiving. How did you get involved in it and how long have you been doing it and for who? I got involved as a caregiver taking care of my 93-year-old aunt. Um, and I cared for her up until she transitioned home. Mm -hmm. um, and I found... And by the way, you know, so I got all kinds of people listening to me, so... Or listen to this podcast so they may not know what transitioned home means okay okay that, <laughs> that's the saints terminology right now i know what you're talking about right well when she passed away she passed away yeah right, she passed right. away and which is very important by the way because mm -hmm. a lot of the work that you do in particular is that kind of work yes like this is the last mile of the way yes and i hope we get a chance to talk about that because that's very tough yeah like yes. you're not helping somebody to live you're kind of Helping somebody to, as you say, to transition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So anyway, so so when I um, took care of her, I made sure when she was alive, I um, cared for her needs. Mm -hmm. um, I took her to her doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. I made her doctor's appointments. I did her grocery shopping and made sure her hygiene and things like that were kept up. Mm. Um, and this was this was before I knew anything about hiring someone to come in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that God had gifted me with this talent, you know, to be able to care for my own family member. Wow. And so I took care of her until she passed away. Now, how many years ago are we talking about now? We're talking about um, year 2000. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. And so um, then after that happened and um, 
God just kept putting people in my life mm -hmm. for me to care for. And I end up uh, caring for um, one of the deacons of our church mm -hmm. uh, for his uncle. Mm -hmm. And um, I cared for him. And I don't, you know, then I didn't even have any um, certification. Okay. You know, it was just a gift that I knew how to do. Okay. And um, so I cared for him. I fed him. Uh, when the physical therapy came out, I learned those those traits mm -hmm. that um, I would work with him when they were when they were not there. Mm -hmm. I would work with him on physical therapy, mm -hmm. um, on feeding him, uh, changing, grooming, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was you know it was a passion that I had because I saw the need that needed to be met. And did he ultimately transition as well? Well, what happened was he had became very attached to me, mm -hmm. and. Um, I end up going on to another uh, job mm -hmm. and he didn't want anyone else beside me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being a caregiver, people become attached to you. Mm. And um, for what I understood was that he didn't want anybody else. So he ended up passing on within wow. a month later. Wow. Wow. So. Um, and when you talk about certification, what kind of certification comes with caretaking or caregiving? Um, in order to be a certified care taker or caregiver mm -hmm. um, taking care of you know them or caring for them being a caregiver um, a CNA going to school become a, a, a certified CNA or GNA which is, are the same things um, and what do those letters stand for is that uh, a certified nursing assistant yes and what's the GNA GNA certified uh, geriatric like nurses assistants oh, okay uh, geriatric know? is for elderly people. yes all right mm -hmm. Good. And um, but even before I even got any of that, I was just doing it because I just learned how to mm -hmm. change people in the bed and do all those things. And so I just saw a passion and I ended up going to school for it. So so I'm going to ask the questions and you'll forgive me. I'm going to ask the questions that I'm sure people are thinking about. Or maybe it's just me. So when it comes to caretaking. You don't have to hold your thing like that. You're good. <laughs> She's Jeanette's holding her mic in place like this go for. Do you, do you, is, it, is that the hardest part, changing people? Because I would think that would be tough, like, dealing with, and maybe that's just me, y'all. I know that's a, maybe that's, that's an immature. The, I think that's one mm -hmm. of the more um, practical and sacred parts of it. I don't, I don't think it would be the hardest part. Practical and sacred. Yeah. Well, wow. I thought that I couldn't be able to do it. <laughs> because yeah. sometimes when you are, um, changing people you know with everything that goes along with it you may come into a situation um that you have to do wound care and things like that mm. and um so but i had the stomach for it mm. you know and she said sacred part it was something i i never looked at it as being sacred i just looked at it as being a job being able to do it so so vanessa you call it sacred i'll be curious to know yeah why you define it in that way because that's pretty deep one of the reasons I say sacred is because of my proximity to the person. Mm. Like I have worked in nursing homes before years and years and years ago when mm. I never even had a clue I'd be a caretaker. But when it's your parent mm. and you're, you know, you're seeing all parts of their body from the top yeah. to the bottom to the end to the out. Yeah. And I, that's how I view it. Wow. It's not just, oh, I need to fix these depends or whatever. This is the person who brought me into this earth and I'm seeing now I'm, you know, they changed my diaper. Now I'm changing theirs. And that's to me why I've, I view it as being sacred. And you can't, and it's, you know, even in our world, that is, there is no more private space in a person's life. That's right. In that space. Like, 
Yeah. Like, I'm one of the people I'd rather just pass away than to be in a situation where somebody's got to do that for me. Like, you know, it's like, that's, mm -hmm. that's, and, and I used to watch my mother, and I always, I remember something like, I was like, I think I asked my mom before she passed. Does, is that weird for you? She just shrugged her shoulders like, I don't care. Like, she, like it was no, right. I guess you, she had been so used to that. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. I think as long as their dignity is contained right. when you're doing it, right. I think it's, they're okay. They may not necessarily like it, but. But you're right. But it, it, you know what? It is sacred because it's their body. Yeah. And that you're taking. Now, there was a, a young gentleman that I, well, he wasn't young. He was older. And, um. His daughter mm -hmm. could not come in the room and help us to turn him or change him. She couldn't look upon that. And I couldn't understand that because yeah. to me, I thought, you know, I said, okay, this is something that we have to do to make sure they stay clean and dry. Mm -hmm. But she could never do it. Mm. I don't think I could either. Not with my mother. I had to do it one night with my stepfather. Mm -hmm. We had to turn him. Mean, he just, it, it was too much for the people who were trying to turn him. And. And it's amazing when it's, I don't know if it's a case with everybody, but when it's cancer, turning somebody, they are, moving them hurts. Pain, mm -hmm. yeah. So, ooh, it's, this is already getting heavy. So anyway. <laughs> right. Um, Vanessa, I know you got a lot more because you took care of my mom. You took care of Pastor Jenkins' parents and First Lady. You know I mean, you've, you've been doing a lot of help with people. Yeah. Vanessa, tell us about your journey. How did you get involved in this caretaking work, caregiving work? We were doing the same thing back in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. um, I was taking care of my grandmother. Mm -hmm. She called me one day, which was kind of out of the blue, and called my, my father's mother and said she wanted me to come over. I came over, and she had been sitting in this one chair all night, couldn't move, you know, just wasn't feeling well. And um, I said, well, let's go to the doctor and find out what's going on. She says, "We." I went to the doctor already. It's nothing they can do. Mm -hmm. And she was resolved in which she expressed. Mm -hmm. So I didn't push or pull on it. And um, I cared for her. And three months later, she had passed away. And I was holding her hand when she died. Mm. And um, so that and then in year in uh, year 2015, one of my high school friends, she was very ill with cancer, took care of her. Mm -hmm. And then in around 2010, I started caring for my mom. Um, she mm -hmm. has more mental, emotional, spiritual health challenges mm -hmm. than physical. Um, now mm -hmm. it's become more physical as she's gotten older. Mm -hmm. And then in 2011, I, my father had a life-threatening health event. Mm. So, yeah. So then I now I'm caring mm. for them. So I have a mom on one side of town and a father on the other side of town. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know what else? I, I, I want to talk about two things right here because I know I we talked about uh, I want I sent y'all some thoughts I had ahead of time, but I'm kind of going in a different direction now. Mm -hmm. Like, do people die similarly? Is there something that you you kind of know when it's when they're like you you both have had people die in your care, like as you were preparing them for their transition as their exit. Is there something that is common? You know how people say they see a white light or somebody says the last breath is in or out or something like that. Do y'all have, a, is there a theme about like when you know, like it's right there? I would mm -hmm. say yes. yes. Okay, and what is that? Like from your experience, what would you say is kind of common to that final mm -hmm. moment? Because if you've been there for the, the final moment, mm -hmm. and okay, yeah. yeah. A lot of times with um, spouses,
spouses, mm -hmm. if a spouse has passed before them, they reach out and call to them. Wow. And you're looking around like, okay, there's nobody in here. Wow. But they may be saying their name and they're reaching out. Wow. Um, and that usually, from my experience, that happens somewhere close within maybe a month or a week of mm -hmm. them actually passing away. Mm -hmm. And then oftentimes they will say names of people that have already passed away as if they're calling them out or if they're saying their name as, they, as if they're seeing them. And then oftentimes there's a lot of rejection. They reject the world around them mm -hmm. because they're, I guess, in some way approaching the next world, mm. the next life. Mm. So, you know, I remember trying to show my grandmother some pictures. It was just a lighthearted moment. And she just turned her head away and she said, I don't want to see that. Mm. It's like that. It's a, it's, it's an old gospel song called Goodbye World. I stay no longer with you. So goodbye treasures of sin. I stay no longer. I made up my mind to go God's way for the rest of my life. Anyway, I just thought of that song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, but that makes sense. Yes. But what I noticed, too, is that people stop talking after a while. Like yes. You don't hear any audible thing, especially if they're medicated heavily. It's like they're really in a. Mm -hmm. what I, yeah. Like what I what I have noticed is that what happens is they get set. Their body gets set mm. and their eyes get set mm -hmm. and they look afar off. And they mm. glow almost. You know, Some people are like mm -hmm. they're glowing. And when they get set, then you know that the time is near. Mm. Um, so normally when I'm in that situation with someone, I watch each stage. I try to watch each stage. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know just about when the very day is coming. Mm. Um, and what I find that I do, I begin to wash their feet and mm -hmm. you know, begin to set them in that position. Mm. Um, I keep light. Because they look to the light. Mm. Um, when they turn their head and they look to the light, then you know it's near. Mm. Um, and like she said, you know, they call out, mm. you know, or they see people, you know, um, I'm like mama and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the time is drawing near. And when I've dealt with a couple of cancer patients mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, the pain is so hard for them. Mm. And it's like at some point, then they just, you know, want to go quickly. Yeah. But it's like something happens within that space. A communication seems like that is taking place. Okay. Some type of what grace do you mean? or something. Some type of communication with them. And I'm I'm, I'm gonna say the Lord. Sure. Yes. You know, there's mm -hmm. a, a communication for a release to happen. Hmm. And then when that release happens, they're gone like that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. 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 I just want to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. No, I mean, this is real. This happening <laughs> yeah. every day. So yeah. this is probably one of our deepest podcasts. You know, so one of the things that I've seen is, is I've looked at families and situations in my own family as well. I feel like, tell me what y'all think about this statement. I feel like caregivers are underappreciated and overaccused. Can y'all relate to that? Yes. And, and specifically what I'm saying is, you got caretakers who are, doing, who are turning beds, washing feet, paying bills, getting medicine, feeding people. And like, it's so much to be thankful for that this person is doing this, because it's so much for one person to do. But then family members saying, well, where, where mama's watch? And, and it's some money missing. It's, and these are the people who ain't doing nothing. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And they show up saying, oh, somebody done took, I know it was some jewelry upstairs and all this kind of like, like, have y'all found that to be a reality? Because to me, that's almost like, you know, there's some things inherent with every job. Like when you're in a ministry, mm -hmm. like what I do, if you're a mm -hmm. pastor, mm -hmm. if you look like you're prosperous, oh, what are you doing? Right. Like, like I can't make money. Like if I was doing something else, I'd be making money. Like I'd be, I wouldn't be poor. Like I'm going right. to figure out how to be an entrepreneur and how to be industrious, right? Yeah. But when you do that in ministry, it's all shady, right? Right. So it almost makes you want to just be poor, just to shut people up. Like is inherent with this work and underappreciation and overaccusation, or is that just am I am I stretching it with that? Um, whenever I go into homes and I, you know, I talk to the families and things like that. If you can't trust who you bring into your home, mm -hmm. and I mean things do happen, and that goes not you know when a, um that could go with um your loved one having dementia. And they mm. may be accusing you of things yes. and things like that. That's not true. Then you might have some that might be doing that. But mm -hmm. it's up to the family member to believe and to trust that whoever you have in there, you know, that they're not going to do that. Sometimes I used to feel not appreciative because I enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. and But my thing wouldn't be with no money and nothing like that. It would be just like, well... Why did you leave that stain there? Or, you know, why did you, um, you know, oh, what, people complain? Yeah, you know. And I'm it's like, crazy. really? As yeah. long as you are, your loved one has changed, the bed is now wet, and there may be a little spot on the floor. Did you drop that? And I might didn't see it. Right. You know, so Test that's deep. how. Yeah, so <laughs> petty. So exactly. That's, that's the first thing I was so thinking. How are you going to be petty? <laughs> <laughs> so that's wow. what I call unappreciative because you're picking on things that don't matter. And as long as your loved one is being cared for properly, yeah. there's no bruises on them. They're clean, good. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't see anything on their bed and stuff like that. Then, you know, you should be grateful Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't say anything um, until you get a little bit. Too overboard, you know. And <laughs> you then to, I will have, have to defend yourself. Yeah, I have a, a, a nice conversation with you. That's how, I like that. I like that. What do you think right. about this whole underappreciated, overaccused statement? I definitely think that caretakers are underappreciated, and it can be proven because a lot of times we're in it, we're doing it, mm -hmm. and it's just us. Right. So it's like, oh, it's like. We are can we can be taken for granted? Yeah, because the person you're caring for doesn't necessarily say thank you every time you change them, right? Yeah, I right. mean, yeah, and not yeah, and necessarily. What do you do? Is I know you yeah. do more than change them, by the way. Yeah, um, I've that. never been. I mean, I have seen situations in families where there's so much dysfunction, mm -hmm. and you and people have had problems with being accused of doing certain things or not doing certain things. Um, I'm, well, I'm gonna say not it. have to do that. People getting accused of stealing, yeah, taking mm -hmm. money. Yeah. Where's Where's Otis's uh, pension check and yeah. all that stuff? I know um, you stole it. You know. Right, and you have to assess what kind of dysfunction you know is that exactly. you're going to be around because mm. you might be doing this for a day, a week, a month, mm. or a year. You don't know. And, mm. You know, it can be, it can be hard at times. What are some of the things that are typical? So, what what if somebody's in caregiving, right, or they need to prepare for it? What are some of the things they need to know that is going to be expected? And some of them you've already mentioned. Like, yeah. what are some things that go into a typical day of a caretaker or a typical week? What do you have to do for the people you're taking care of? Um, you know, you have to, once you come into the home, you know, you go into the, 
you go into their room or wherever they may be. Um, and the typical thing is like getting them up in the mornings. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a person that you're assisting, then you get them up in the morning and help them get to the bathroom and, you know, uh, do do the hygiene, mm -hmm. um, you know, dental care. Um, 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 also, you know, dressing them, grooming them and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, all those things that come with, you know, getting them up. If they're total in bed, then you do a bed bath to make sure that they're clean and turned. If you have to turn them every two hours, mm -hmm. then you, you know, then you turn them. If you have to feed them, then you feed them. There are certain times that you feed. Mm -hmm. um, if you're assisting, then you, you know, get them downstairs in their room and you bring their food to them. You prepare their food or if the family member has already prepared the food, then you make sure they eat, that they don't choke and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, the typical day is, you know, is interacting with them mm -hmm. to keep their minds sharp, the ones that you can do that with, mm -hmm. playing games, reading um, puzzles, um, you know, asking them, you know, their age and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, some caregivers or caretakers uh, go to doctor's appointments. They help to assist mm -hmm. with doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. They try to get them out. They try to walk with them. Mm -hmm. um, it's a full day, you know. And then if you're dealing with someone that, that has a walker, you know, you have to make sure that they're able to stand, that they don't trip and fall, mm -hmm. you know, that things are not laying around on the floor. You have, mm -hmm. to, observe, you have to be very observant to their surroundings. Yeah. yeah. And and your 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 world because you're taking care of your parents goes even beyond the, the things that Jeanette just said. Mm -hmm. You have to do some financial stuff and bill yeah. payments and talk about talk about some of the other things that somebody may be responsible for doing. Mm -hmm. I, and, and by the way, are you what is it called? Um, you have power of attorney. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm so for my mother. Um, my parents are divorced, so it's a little different. I, I'm in charge of everything for them concerning appointments, mm -hmm. to and from, keeping up with medicine. I just mm -hmm. got a text message today that a refill on something is due. And the financial aspect, my dad my dad is very high functioning, so he pays his bills, he goes to the mm -hmm. store, he does this, but I keep up with Did all of his. Did he remarry? Yes. And he uh, has, I was about to say. And he has a you, wife. You can't so. do nothing. You make them get back together if they ain't remarried. <laughs> Trust, <laughs> I've thought about, I've you can't thought do about it all now, the though. dynamics. Um, and like for my mom, I am her, her power of attorney, so I'm in control of everything concerning her person and her affairs. So Your only child? I have a sister that I share with my mother. Yeah. And a brother that I share with my father. But I'm the one. I know. Um, yeah. I so it's, it's a bit of a unique, find that to be, <laughs> unique situation. It's always one child in the family. <laughs> yeah. It's more than one child in the family, but it's always one that's mm -hmm. doing all the work. Mm -hmm. And um, for instance, like my mom, you know, I have money coming out of my bank account straight to jitterbug so i make sure her cell phone bill gets paid because there's been times when i forgot i said did i just pay this bill it's three months and mm -hmm. went by they sending me disconnection notices i'm like oh i forgot so i set it up so that right. you know they get their money every month um but everything concerning the care mm -hmm. surgeries my dad just had a procedure before during after all of it so i'm i think a Depending on the level of how the person functions is what you keep up mm -hmm. with like um Anything medical, mm -hmm. all of those types of things, you want to try to stay on top of making sure that, you know, they have refills. A lot mm -hmm. of times with caretaking with your patient, if they're going from one facility to another, you know, you want to make sure that things are set up so that it's a seamless transition. It's all different types of things that you can put in place. But typically you're responsible for the person 
their body themselves mm-hmm. their care mm-hmm. and their affairs yes you know the cycle of this is so imp- is deep because i'm looking my daughter's here with me and she's got a daughter mm-hmm. and she's got to do everything for her. she's got to do her hair mm-hmm. she's got to get her dressed she's got to get her bathed she's got to take her to her doctor's appointments and it's interesting how that thing flips. Yes. That one day she, her daughter will be doing that for her. It's yes. like you become the parent. Uh-huh. And then they got on diapers, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, and that's a true statement. That yep. is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, so that really, really is. So, you you know, you got kind of, you might want to treat your kids nice at some point. And try to, try to stay together, if y'all listening, please. <laughs> well, I take care of my sister, and she has a daughter. And so my husband and I went to Atlanta, Georgia, and went and got my sister. And she's in a wheelchair. Mm. I do it for a living, and I take care of her at home. Yeah. And mm. so it can be very challenging sometimes. But I couldn't see her into a nursing home. So we, you know, but I keep the lines of communication open with my husband mm-hmm. to see where he's at so that, you know, he wasn't, so he won't feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. And so, um it's a job because yeah. I handle all her financial, you know, like make sure that her will and all that stuff. Now, I had an issue with my niece because she says, well, why do you want all of this information? Because she's with me. Right. Mm. And if something were to happen, I, I'm responsible mm. for your mom. Yeah. See, that's the thing, man. You know, it's again, it kind of comes back to this. Like when people aren't doing all of this work and then but they have these demands of control, et cetera, that seems mm. to be a bit. You yeah. know, over the top presumptuous to me. Yeah. And their patient knows a lot of times they do know what's going on and they know what they want and how they want things. Mm-hmm. So you have to honor that. So we have people listening and some people who have been some of you are listening right now. Again, this is the Keith Battle podcast and we're talking about caregiving, caretaking today. And some of you have been told and invited to listen to this because somebody told you to check it out. So here's what I want us to do now. As caregivers, caretakers, what advice do you all have for people who provide this? And one of which is, how does the caretaker take care of themselves? Because it would seem to me like in any other industry where you give support and you serve other people, that sometimes the person who's neglected is yourself. So how do you avoid self-neglect? And what do you advise, even if you're not doing it? (laughs) <laughs> what should you be doing? Because you know you can say you need to get up. I can say you need to get up, read your Bible every morning, right. and pray. And I ain't did it in seven days. But I'm saying, what should as a caretaker you be doing yourself? And what would you recommend to somebody so that they're not? Um, you know. Well, um, for me, it's very important that you take time out for yourself. It's very hard for me to do mm-hmm. because I like I always give of myself more. Mm-hmm. Then I take time for myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning how to pull back. And, and it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. She's okay today. Or mm-hmm. I can take off from that job today. Mm-hmm. Because I left them better than what they were before yesterday. Mm-hmm. But there was a time that I couldn't do that. I felt that I had to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. And if I'm no good to myself, then I won't mm-hmm. be good to no one else. Yeah. So I'm learning how to say no and not feel guilty about it. Mm. You know, but it's a process. It's hard mm. yeah. sometimes. Mm. That's hard. You know, it's very hard because if you gave a commit, see, being a caregiver, a lot of people choose to do this field, but have not been called to do this field. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you have yeah. to have a desire and a passion, mm-hmm. passion about what you do. If you're in it for the wrong reason, you're not going to last. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And people that do it because they love to do it, 
and that they have to do because someone is in your home, you have to say, okay, it's okay to say no today. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to pull back today. Saying no. That's a very important, empowering word. Mm -hmm. It's a boundary word. Mm -hmm. And it, when I say no to somebody else, I'm saying yes to me in some way or another. Or I'm mm -hmm. saying yes to something else. It's not just a no that I'm saying no to. It's the yes that I'm saying yes to. It's yes, I am going to go get my own nails done. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am going to the beach. Yes, I am going to take this trip. Yes, I'm going to the movies or whatever that right. is. Yes, I'm going to spend time with my spouse. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, so that's very important. Any Anything mm -hmm. else you would add to that, Vanessa? About Yeah, and you made up. Those are some great examples. But I would also say know when to isolate things mm -hmm. like my mom likes to have her nails done but i i don't get mine done at the same time as her because that's not caring i'm not caring for me that's uh, not me you. time i got you you know what i mean and then knowing when to consolidate you know there was a particular doctor her psychiatrist who was closing down her practice mm -hmm. so i got a doctor who she's already seeing to prescribe the same medicine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, try to consolidate th things. And I would say plan for emergency room visits. Mm -hmm. Plan. Mm -hmm. Plan. For, people think you can't plan for emergencies. Of course you can. That's why we have fire departments. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you're planning for an emergency room visit, it might be something as simple as you got to eat first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't just get in your car and think you just running around. You're trying to do everything. I mean, that's just not practical. That wow. You're not caring for yourself that way. Mm. And I would say, um, or you're going to be eating out of vending machines. Right. And that's <laughs> not, that's not going to, that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, think about where help comes from. Don't try to force it in the way that you think right. someone should be helping. If someone says, hey, I'm stopping by to do this for you today, then let that person pitch in. However, accept the help from wherever you're getting it from. Wow. Don't try to make it look like what you think it should look like, because there's some things that we have to do anyway. No, I like that. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't think about that. Letting somebody help you. Mm hmm. Letting somebody pitch in. I mean, somebody's obviously something competent, but even if it's just somebody, can you just sit here with mm -hmm. her while I run to the bathroom mm -hmm. or whatever it may be? Yeah. Well, I got to run to the bank real quick, make sure, mm -hmm. you know, this stays on or whatever. So mm -hmm. I like that. If if there's um, the way to prepare, like what I've said to you all off the air before we started recording is is that many of the people maybe listening to this um, don't have long-term care insurance which to me is a game changer because mm -hmm. it affords people um, the luxury of paid help yeah. in that situation and many of our african-american people families don't have that in place and so one, if they're not going to have that in place, what do they need to make sure they have in place to prepare for a day that's coming? Like, what would you say, having experienced this, that would, would have prepared you better to provide care for your loved ones? Not as just a professional caretaker. I'm talking about you and the family. Because what I think people need to know is you might be listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, I'm not a caretaker. I'm not I'm not providing, you know, I'm not a caretaker. Yes, you will be. Like somebody mm -hmm. in your family is going to get sick and somebody in your mm -hmm. family is going to get older and somebody in your family is going to have needs for caretaking. And you need to make sure that you are prepared for that. What are some of the ways to do that to make sure that you're getting ahead of the game in that sense? Is there anything that people can do to prepare? One of the things that I would suggest is um, take some courses, take take some classes, mm -hmm. um, do some reading, 
mm-hmm. because um, in the times that we're living in, a lot of our loved ones suffering with dementia and Alzheimer's. Mm. And if you don't know what you're dealing with and, you, you know, they're doing something off the water you've never seen before, mm-hmm. then if you don't know anything about it, how are you going to address it? Mm. Mm-hmm. And so to prepare um, for insurance and things like that, prayerfully that you already have some insurance in place. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, family is so important. Mm-hmm. Family is so important. Even if you don't have siblings, um, I'm quite sure that you have good friends and, and, and like um, just uh, cousins or whoever. You know, build that relationship because everybody needs somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, I would just look at it that way. Um, can you add mm-hmm. anything to it? Yeah, I agree with that completely. And like I said, the, your patient knows what they want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have, you can attempt to have those conversations while they can communicate to you what their wants are, what their desires True. are. What? Where's the insurance policies? I will never forget my grandmother mm-hmm. told me where all the policies were. She said, go here, look in this drawer, look under this placemat, do this, do that. So... Um, that's important. Um, knowing about um, their what they do have as far as medical and dental and that kind of thing. And I would say get something in writing, anything that you can get in writing, even if you write it on a post-it note. My dad said he wants me to sell his car or my dad said he does not want me to sell his car. Mm-hmm. Even if you write it on a post-it, that is a mm-hmm. legal and binding contract. Right. So I would just say information is gathering is so important. And right. keep in mind that person knows pretty much what they do and do not want. And that I think is a great place to start when you're That's having right. those conversations. That's so right. when, when, when my dad had a life-saving surgery, we didn't even know something had gone wrong after the surgery and they brought him out like his, it was a lot. And I had no clue, like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I was at the cemetery. I was like, maybe I'll have to bury him. Mm. But at least I had some information about what the next thing would be, what the possibility was. I wasn't just out there kind of lost because we kind of had those conversations over time. Mm-hmm. What she said is very important, very important. Specifically what? Was you know, as far as having them to write down everything that's yeah. important yeah. for, you know, for them to follow. Because at least if you have it in writing, they have something to go by. Yeah, good. And, you know, and they have their signature on it that they're able to do this. Where everything yeah. is, is in place. Right, it right. takes the stress down. That's it sure does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about some of the challenges and struggles and hardships, maybe, of being a caretaker but talk about some of the joys and benefits that that come with doing this work um there might be an encouragement for somebody who may be in the work but missing some of the joy and benefits of it are there things that come to mind when y'all think of and what what are some of the blessings that have come out of this work that may be an encouragement to somebody that you bring peace and joy to the persons. You know, when you go into a home or whether it's a family member and you see how satisfied they are and they, you know, if nothing else, just to see their smile. Yeah. Then you know that you have done something good for them to make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. Um, my sister, um, when I was explaining earlier that my sister, when we got her, her skin was peeling and mm-hmm. she had all this stuff going on with her. And just the joy to see her skin is cleared mm-hmm. and, 
and to see that she's even though she's not able to walk 100 mm -hmm. but she can get around a little bit better um she couldn't even lift her legs and put them in the bed mm. at one point i begin to show her how to do that if i'm not around if i fall asleep why you know mm -hmm. and i didn't hear her and her bed is, is set up i set everything up for her to be able to reach and one night I came in the room. I said, oh, my goodness, I forgot to put her to bed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know she was in the bed. Wow. And that wow. brought such joy to me because yeah. she's trying. Yeah. And and it brought joy to her. Mm -hmm. You know, so things like that, you know, just, you know, it lets me see that what I'm doing is not in vain. Yeah, I want to I want to piggyback on that. I can answer my own question in this regard, because, again, Jeanette, We've hired you and our family to work for us, and you know, it made a, a big because I am a, um, a an important part of my entire family for a lot of reasons, and a lot of stuff falls on me. I couldn't take care of my mother physically, but knowing that you had her, mm -hmm. like I knew you had her, I knew when you were there she was good. That took pressure off of me so I could keep doing what I was doing so that I could take care of everything else I needed to take care of so that I could make sure she was taken care of. Because some of some of us have to go out and make money so that we can take care of the, so we can pay for the caretaker. Mm -hmm. And it pay, the, the, the emotional weight that's lifted when you got somebody, you know, that's got your loved one, mm -hmm. like somebody like I knew you had her like. You know, so that 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 makes a big diff deal of difference, and hopefully that brings joy to you all to know yeah. that maybe somebody's not saying it, but that somebody's got peace of mind knowing we know y'all got them. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and, and I just want to add something to that. I love what I do. Sometimes it can be taxing, even mm -hmm. you as being yeah. a daughter. But I believe that when you see your mom and know that she's happy, that she's content with you. Yeah. It brings joy to your heart. And it's a big difference when you go into a place and you can see, even with family members, they don't treat their loved ones right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, mm. you know, you have to have a a knack or a way to approach a person that's suffering, that is older. And for me, what I do when I'm meeting people, I grab their hand, you know, I be connected. I do hand touch mm -hmm. so they can feel, you know, feel me. And I just communicate with them like that. Um, if you're in it for the wrong reasons, maybe you ask someone to help you that really wants to help your loved one. Mm -hmm. Because it's very important because they're not going to get better if you're always attacking them and yelling. And, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to make it worse for them. Mm -hmm. If this is not for you, then... Maybe a family member or you can get someone to come in, mm. you know, to help you in that area because you have because really your loved one didn't really want to be in this, you know, in a situation. Sure. But you are going to get old one time and you're going to go through this. So you're going to get old one time. <laughs> one time. <laughs> one time. time. <laughs> you only get old you know, once. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, but, you know. You know, that's where my heart is, yeah, you know, good, you know, and, and that's where my heart is. I think for joy. me, yeah, which, I, I joy? still enjoy my parents because they are yeah. my parents. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. back in the day, my mom was a Star Trek, Star Wars, sci-fi person. So when the new Star Wars movie comes out, we go see Star Wars. Yeah. You know, you still get to enjoy them, the person. 
And then um, I also would say one of the joys is being able to give them peace because in families we worry about each other Mm -hmm. we're concerned about one another's welfare Mm -hmm. so i think there's for me joy in them having peace and knowing they're okay and i'm okay Mm -hmm. and even though you know we're in this together um you know it's i still see it as some so many opportunities for things to be sacred that doctor's appointment you know i'm driving along and mm-hmm. it could silence could just drop in the car for like 12 minutes mm-hmm. but that's okay i'm driving him to his appointment yeah. or from his appointment or to go get those medicines or whatever so i would just say even those small moments can be very joyous and even in the midst of because their experience we're we're really on the outside. Mm-hmm. We're caring for them, but it's their cross to bear. Right. And that can be difficult. So sometimes just being there, you know, Dad, we're gonna get through this. It's mm-hmm. gonna be all right. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. there's to me right. encouraging them also and caring for their totally. heart and their soul as the individual totally. person as my parent or mm-hmm. as my friend or as my grandmother mm-hmm. to me is just as um enriching. It's good fruit involved in that too. That's good. I gotta I gotta I gotta think that you know, a lot of the service that I do gets publicly acclaimed and people are celebrating it. But you guys do this work and there's no fans around. There are no followers. There's no mic and there's no cameras and no lights. And and I just believe God's watching all of it, like every move, every gesture. And I think he'll reward it in ways that will blow your mind one day i just believe that i just believe god sees in secret sees the stuff we do in secret all of it right yeah. right and which leads me to this question and maybe it'd be a little awkward for y'all to answer but have you ever had to provide care for somebody who didn't treat you well like and and maybe you can't okay so if you had or if you didn't like how do you move through that space because that that's got to be spiritual and sacred too mm-hmm. you know when the person who used to not honor you or bully you or ignored you now you gotta you know what I mean like especially when it's family that's possible it's one thing when I asked you to take care of my mother you never knew her Mm -hmm. but it's another thing when you gotta take care of your own mother your own sister your own father your own big brother who used to you know snatch your barrettes out your head and told you you was fat or told you you were ugly or whatever Mm -hmm. like now serving somebody who mistreated you mm-hmm. how do you like how do you handle that maybe y'all can't say nothing because y'all can't relate of yes, course I can. but i'm saying yes we can yeah. so so what, what advice do you have for that person out there now who's in that situation and now this person who may have abused them in some way mm-hmm. is now in need of their care mm-hmm. mm. well real mm. quick i'll make this quick my sister who i care for um um she she used to beat me up. Mm. Used mm-hmm. to beat me up really bad. Beat me up yeah. so bad, knock me unconscious. Wow. You know. And I met her recently. And you would never she, know it. No, she looked like she would beat you up. <laughs> Even in that, she was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. when I saw her. She but, like but, she, but she like she had good hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's all you need. You know, but but with that said, I I expressed to her. Even if, if it was our dad, because our parents died when we were young. My my father was very violent to my mom, but if I had to care for my dad, no matter what, I would still do it. Because mm-hmm. I would look beyond that and see the need. Mm. And that's what I do for my sister. Good. You look beyond that. Mm-hmm. You see the need. Mm-hmm. And there's no animosity, nothing. Mm-hmm. Because they can't help themselves. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't look at them as how they used to be. I look at where so they So how? Are. How do you think you got to that space? Because that's forgiveness. At the end of the day, that's forgiveness. It's a gift you've given them. To not hold them hostage and say, you know, I shouldn't do this. Remember you knocked me unconscious? But you've yeah. gotten to a place where you're able to serve them like, like, to me, that's like that's that's the Lord. You yes, know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, he he, yeah. he didn't even wait. Like you, your sister probably knocked you unconscious years ago, mm-hmm. right? While they were spitting on Jesus and hurling accusations at him, in that moment, he yeah. said, "Father, forgive him." Like we need a little time to get over it. Like so, that's that's we are we are most like God when we serve people who've hurt us. Yeah. And I'm not even saying that like I do that. Like it ain't like that ain't like on my itinerary. My sister says to me on a regular basis, she says, thank you. And I'm like, you don't have to keep thanking me. But she says it. I could cry right now because she says it all the time. Yeah. She says, thank you. I said, I love you. Wow. Yeah. She probably knows. And with that, you know, it's just like because my flesh says you made me mad yesterday. But the Holy Spirit says, you have to love her unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he shows me me every time. Wow. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about that. Lord, show me me. He shows me me, but he shows me how he's purging stuff out of me, how he wants there you me to go. be. And that mm-hmm. will not be until Christ comes back. Yeah. Wow. It's easier to forgive other people when I realize I'm messed up too. And it's easier to say I'm sorry instead of saying forgive me because it's for forgiveness you have to think about it. Mm. What are you asking for forgiveness for? Mm-hmm. Mm. Vanessa, I know we're running out of time. We're going to have to close on this. Which, which Caring for somebody who probably didn't really care too much for you. Well, I do have, even to this very day, still have moments of resentment, like, why my parents divorced? Why didn't they stay together? If they stayed together, it would be, I don't know how it would be. Yeah, yeah. And then looking at it from the scripture framework, you see where the woman was pouring the oil on Jesus' Mm. feet, preparing him for death. You're preparing this person Mm. for death. You can't make this about your flesh Mm. or your resentment. You you have other ways and means to work through some of those things, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to just wrestle with God and you will get your moment. Yeah. Mm. You may not think you're going to get it, but you will get your moment with that person if that's what God has desired for that relationship. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's still something that's important. It's important to the Lord. Because he said, if you did these for the least of these, well, you did these things for wow. me. So you have to constantly take yourself off of the pedestal mm. and put God back on it and just know that this person is made in God's image. You're caring for someone made in the image of God, and that's important to him, too. Mm. That's right. Because mm. you don't see them, you you know, but you see what, you know, how God is using you to bless them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Any final thoughts y'all have? Just stuff that you thought about when you were preparing to come here. You wanted to say it that we didn't get to by way of question. Any final thoughts on this whole topic? One final thought. First, thank you, thank you, thank you for addressing this because this is so important. Guess what? I got an email from somebody (laughs) in this room, right? The invisible soldier (laughs) in the invisible army. We can talk about this on Sunday. (laughs) 
But I will say, um, people always say, Oh, I'm gonna pray for your strength. Don't pray for the sh- our strength. Mm-hmm. The joy of the Lord is it's my our strength. strength. That's okay. right. We just need some of y'all to help us out mm-hmm. consistently. Okay. Be in the game mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah, sound like you're talking to Do somebody. Do things for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Consistently let, Look let your word Be your bond There you go Wow you know. Do what you say Don't mm-hmm. say Let me know If you need anything And then when I Wait three days Because I give people time I'm not going to Ask you right away Wait three days And text you Like hey Can mm. you do this And then it's Oh it's well mm-hmm. What had happened was Now One of the things That God had crossed my mind Not being super spiritual Was Colossians 3 mm-hmm. 23 and 25 And whatever you do Do it heartily as to the Lord And yeah. not to men Knowing that from the Lord You will receive mm. The reward of the inheritance mm-hmm. For you serve the Lord Christ And in verse 25 says But he who does wrong Will be repaid for what he has done And these And there is no partiality mm. So being a caregiver there it is. Colossians 3, 23, 24, and 25. Mm-hmm. All right, caretakers, y'all the stay word. in the fight. No excuses. That's the word. Thank you so much. <laughs> Don't go down without Thank a fight. <laughs> Thank y'all. And we Thank and we you. apologize for whoever y'all supposed to be taking care of right now. It's all y'all good. had to come take care of this. <laughs> we'll get to it. Because some people needed to hear this. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed today's broadcast, today's podcast, I should say. And uh, it was our privilege to come. Thanks again, Jeanette Ballard. Vanessa Jones Thank Thank you you, Asha Battle We appreciate y'all being here Don't forget to spread this message with somebody Hey this is not just for caretakers This is for those of us who don't know We're caretakers on the way (laughs) (laughs) Hey y'all have a great week And thanks again Thanks for listening to Keep Battle Podcast